Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined by Evan Raul today to talk some Avalanche hockey or maybe a little bit more about what the Avs are missing. Uh, we'll jump into our main topic in a little bit. First of all, news for the day, another day of training camp another day of not being able to really watch what happened, but we at least got a couple of interviews with a couple of players. Evan, I saw you interviewed uh, Logan O'Connor, was it? And then someone, Ian Cole as well, correct? O'Connor, Cole, and Miko talk today. So, yeah, I mean, with those three, I kind of get the indication that the unfit five from yesterday probably are still unfit, but we'll find out soon a little bit with uh, Bednar. So, yeah, we talked to those three. O'Connor, uh, it looks like just we have to base everything off pictures these days. Yeah. Uh, it looked like O'Connor and Bowers got their shot with the main group today, whereas yesterday it was Cowton Sherwood. So they're switching it up, giving guys different chances. Um, but yeah, O'Connor sounded confident after after last season in the playoffs, getting his chance to step in and show that he can stick in the NHL. And with Cole and Miko, it was pretty much the same message that you know we're we know we're good. Like it's not a secret. The expectations are high and we expect to win the Stanley cup. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the one factor across all of the interviews the ads are doing is they expect to win a Stanley cup. And look, everybody says this every year where they like, yeah, we want to win the cup, but the abs have this air about them where they believe they can actually do it. Uh, and the veterans, especially, I think, they know that they can do better than they did last year. Yeah, they're all, I mean, even with the injuries, they're not making excuses. They know that they could have, they had every opportunity to beat Dallas and they just didn't pull it off. So they know that they left something on the table last year and that this is this is go time. And they all, yeah, I mean, it's all just business as usual, I guess, moving forward here. Um, Miko and Cole today and then, Nate yesterday it's just they they're, they're here to win the cup and they're all business well as they chase the cup be sure to like and subscribe to the DNVR YouTube channel as we are going to be following them all the way through this season doing these podcasts live post game after every single game almost immediately after the game starts so hopefully y'all will join us for all of those uh, as we continue looking at this training camp you've already talked about Bednar, it's day two, and he's already rotating guys through to give them opportunities with group one, which is, I guess we're calling that the starters. Um, how quickly does he have to make decisions there? Obviously, it's a very shortened camp, but are decisions expected to be made by the end of camp here, or how much can he use the taxi squad? So that's actually what I'm planning on asking him is what his what how he's planning on using the taxi squad. Is he going to want is it, it to be a veteran taxi squad or is, is he okay with guys like Cout practicing with the team and not playing games? So that's what I want to ask him this afternoon when he talks. But yeah, it sounds like they're going to make their decisions this weekend is I think what he said yesterday. So, cause they really just don't have enough time to, you know, get everyone on the ice here. So um, this unfit to play thing is it stinks. Obviously we don't have any information on what's going on here. Um, because the league just doesn't make them give us any information so they can just be 
as coy as possible about this, but it's giving some of these other guys a chance to practice with the main group where that was not the expectation, according to Bednar the other day. So Shane Bowers probably would not have practiced with the main group today at any point really this week if he if these guys were not practicing or if they were practicing so in a way it's good for him because with no preseason games this is his really only chance to you know show the coaching staff what he can do but yeah it sounds like they're gonna try to get everything down by at least by the end of the weekend I would think all right so let's let's get into what the abs are missing then with these I mean, can I call them injuries? Do we even know if they're really injuries? Because with uh, the NHL protocols, five players deemed unfit to participate in training camp, which is a bit odd after the day before training camp when they did interviews. It seemed like everyone was ready to go. Um, And then suddenly on day one, Avs having five players not able to participate, deemed unfit. And look, we don't, this could be serious injury. This could be just contract tracing. This could be anything in between. We have no idea. But given last year where the Avs were so injury riddled for so long, the fan base is certainly a little bit tentative about this type of thing. Yeah. And they should be considering it's two of the, I mean, three of the guys that were hurt in the playoffs. Yeah. Are the guys that are out in Grubauer, Grubauer EJ, EJ, and Landy. Yeah. And, you know, we all assumed these guys were healthy. Landy was, you know, posting pictures that he was skating at Evergreen. So, you know, you assume these guys are good. It sounded like EJ was even there. Uh, maybe not in the picture, but yeah, it's, I understand why everyone's concerned. And the reality is that we just can't, the way the situation is right now, we can't get any more information than what we've, we've been told. So we're kind of just in a wait and see situation here. Um, when they have posted those you know, the media day, which was just talking to Bednar, they had all the guys in there. They were posting pictures of Saad. They were post. I think Landy was in there too. Um, EJ was not there. So it's, you know, it's, we're, we're trying to put pieces together here of what's going on, but yeah, it, it stinks because it's of what happened last year. And the fact that these are all significant pieces on this team, it's not like these are depth guys. Yeah, for sure. And with especially with such a short training camp, you know, a, a veteran player like EJ misses five days. All of a sudden, that dude's got less than a week to get ready for the regular season. Yeah, and I tried to get Ian Cole today to admit that they are happy. Pre- like veteran guys are happy that there are no preseason games, <laughs> but he would not go as far to say that. He, But, I mean, it sounds like these guys are not going to miss the preseason. Um, I, I think they're more just worried on just getting some good practices in and getting things going next week. But the Miko Rantanen way is the way just jump into the regular season immediately. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think the, yeah, I don't, I wanted to ask Nate yesterday, but there was too many people asking questions. So I didn't get called on, but I had a feeling he doesn't care about preseason either. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, certainly for, for a team that seems so focused on pushing into the playoffs and, and making some noise, it, there does seem to be an energy of just wanting to get things going and they know they're strong. They're not worried about their competition that much to that extent. They just want to play some hockey. Yeah. Long off season. They just want to get back to it. And, you know, Cole called them a mature team that understands that, you know, we just have to be ready in eight days when the season starts. I I did want to talk about that maturity a little bit because 
it's kind of a weird balance for the Avs, right? On the one hand, they are one of the younger teams in the league, but not the youngest by any means. On the other, they have experience from Cole, Burkowski, Grubauer. They do have some guys that have been on teams that have won the cup, but their entire core has still never made it past the second round. So how are expectations there? I'm I'm not super worried about this in the regular season. They'll take care of their business, but is this a team that can shine under the bright lights of something like a conference finals? Yeah. I mean, I don't worry too much about that because of the guy that's leading all this and Nathan McKinnon, who seems to thrive on all the pressure. Um, I mean, for years, that was the question in Washington. They couldn't get past the second round, and then all of a sudden they do it, and they win the cup. So all it really takes is a couple of good bounces, and then you're there. And that's the reality of what would have what could have happened last year. Is if, if they got a couple more bounces, they, they would have been in the conference finals, and then who knows what goes, what happens from there. So I, I don't think there's a concern there. It's, this is just such a talented group that they know that they're capable of taking it all the way. All right. That is that is the sounds you like to hear. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they're missing in a little bit here. We do need to take our first period break, however, and to let you guys know about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can head on down to the farmhouse in Littleton and get yourself any of dozens of flavors from them. And now with the DNVR bar being back open, at least for a little bit of occupancy, you can get it. On tap down at the DNVR bar nuggets watch party tonight. I think there might still be like literally a handful, like a couple of spots open. If you want to go get in on that watch party, uh, you can jump on it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Drink Breck brews. They are the best. I can't put it any better than that. Uh, love myself some avalanche Amber personally, but anything works for you. And of course our primary sponsor on this podcast, a draft Kings sports book, the number one rated sports book app out there. The football playoffs start this weekend folks. So if you want to get on some great betting action, that is the place to do it with DraftKings Sportsbook. sports They have odds boosts every single day. And to celebrate the football playoff season, DraftKings is giving you a chance to double your money. All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored during Saturday's football games. Any game on Saturday, one touchdown, double your money. It's, it's, they're giving away money. I'm telling you right now, they're just giving you money for free. Of course, when you sign up with a new account with code DNVR, as you see at the bottom of the screen there, you can also get up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus. So they give you free money to go win free money with at this point. I'd, seems like a good business deal to me. I would jump on it. If football's not your thing, you can bet on anything and everything. Basketball as well. And, of course, hockey right around the corner once games start up there. Actually, you could bet on European hockey right now if you want to. But the NHL you'll be able to bet on as well as soon as that season gets rolling. DraftKings is also safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get that $1,000 sign-up bonus and a shot at doubling your money with any touchdown on Saturday. Again, code DNVR to let them know we sent you. This is for a limited time only. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings sportsbook with rudo and evan today we spent a lot of time this offseason talking about 
all of the pieces the Avs have put together. And we believe, for the most part, that the Avs are a contending championship team. But no team is perfect. Any team can always be looking to improve themselves. I think the expectation is the Avs will likely be looking to improve themselves come this trade at deadline. Evan, if you're Joe Sackick right now, what is the biggest target you're looking at for the trade deadline? So obviously it's going to depend on if the, I guess one, if these goaltenders can stay healthy, we're already seeing one of them's not healthy. Um, that's going to be a big thing moving forward. But if if the goalies stay healthy, I think they're going to be confident there and maybe just look to add depth. And really, it, you know, we've kind of talked about it all offseason. People and, you know, fans constantly are concerned about, is this team tough enough? Uh, I could see them doing a little bit like what Tampa did last year at the deadline where um, I think they brought in Maroon. They might have signed him in the offseason. I can't remember, but... Um, then they got Blake Coleman, and then they got guys like Bogosian, just to add a little bit of depth and a little bit of a different look to a, a talented team, a little bit of toughness. And that's that's really the only thing I could see them doing because I'm, you know, the way that their top six is set up and they're healthy is almost perfect. They have skill, they have defensive ability, they have a little bit of everything. Um, so I think that third line would probably be what they would target. Just maybe bringing in somebody that can help there. And that adds a little bit of toughness that that would be what I would think is kind of their focus, assuming the team's healthy. So third line forward does seem to fit the bill for me as well. Obviously they went out and got sod to, to round out their top six. Um, certainly there are, are questions about guys like a Martin cow potentially filling in there as well. But when you look through their bottom six forwards. I certainly think of the skaters that that seems to be their weakest point, their defense, uh, you know, we'll see with Bowen Byram exactly how much impact that has on their defense. But even without him, you're looking at maybe Ian Cole is the bottom rung there. Yeah. You could do a lot worse than that. And, and the idea that if Byram takes over, which looking at what he's doing in the world juniors is a very real possibility. I, I don't see any reason why you trade Cole. That's a guy you keep around. Cause you know that, you know, especially with EJ what's going on there, you're going to need some depth as the season goes on. So um, yeah, I mean the, the bottom six, we're going to talk about it in our preview video when it goes up. But the reality is that it's banking on a lot of guys who had career years last year. Yep. Um, is Val Nichushkin the guy that, took off after he finally scored a goal or he's, is he the guy that was in the playoffs where he was basically a non-factor offensively? So um, I feel like a lot kind of does depend on him because he's, I, I feel like they're pretty set on conference bounce score on that third line. And it's just a reality of finding that third guy that's going to fit there. Um, is it Nichushkin? Could it even be Jost? We, we don't even know. Um, Bedner was very, had a lot of praise for him yesterday and just how he adjusted as the season went on. Um, can Calvert stay healthy? You know, the, these are all the questions in the bottom six. And that's that's going to be the area where, you know, a guy like Cout and a guy like O'Connor maybe could make an impact and kind of step in and help and add some depth there. Yeah. And like, obviously, as you already mentioned, injuries could throw any plan out the window. So. Going into the season, you have to have a little bit of flexibility with these plans, but assuming relative health, 
those are the types of things that the Avs should be targeting. I hope they look to internally promote before they do start looking at things like the trade deadline for for options. But you just have to play it by ear to a, a little bit of an extent. <laughs> there we go. More praise for Evan. I think you'll be seeing more of him yeah, on the pod as, as the, the season starts up. The check is in the mail to him, to DD as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> how much? How much he costs? I need, I need a little hype. I can't on say. As well. <laughs> uh, uh, and I, I mean, you're talking about you know looking internally first. It's I think I think it's a good sign that you know these two guys, Saad and Landis Cog are missing, and the first guys that are getting looks are Kaut, Bowers, uh, even Jost gets a look up in the top six with with Kadri. So. You know, they are giving looks to guys internally and seeing if they can step in. Yeah, for sure. It makes a lot of sense there. Um, let's talk about the goaltending situation next. Uh, I think most people are pretty comfortable running Grubauer and Fransos in general, but there's always some talk about whether that can be a tandem that is Stanley Cup caliber. And you're kind of in the same boat as there's a little bit of a wait and see factor there, but it's just, would you try and move for a goalie in the middle of the season? That's just something that seems so difficult to me. It It's difficult and it seems very rare because who's in the middle of the season, who's really giving up a goalie. It, it just doesn't seem to happen very often. Um, I've got lucky with the 25 years ago. That doesn't really happen very often. So um, a lot is banking on Grubauer and Frankie just, I guess, mainly just staying healthy because this team just needs good goaltending. They, I don't really feel like they need great goaltending. They just need good goaltending because they're so talented and, you know, even strength, they can just score goals at will. They're the top even strength team in the league. So um, a lot really banks on those guys just staying in the net. And Frankie was pretty... Uh, I guess, transparent yesterday and the idea that he was not even healthy heading into the bubble. Uh, he was dealing with that for a while. So um, it seems like he had the surgery to clean things up. And now we just kind of wonder what's going on with Gruby. But um, really, right now, the concern is obviously Gruby being healthy, but they didn't go out and get a third goaltender this year. And that's kind of where we're sitting right now. Sure. And where do you sit on this third goaltender conversation? I talked with it on AJ a, a few shows ago, but on the one hand, is it going to matter? Yeah, it might. On the other, you're not winning a cup with your third goaltender in anyway. You're not winning a cup with your third goaltender in there, but you know the Avs went down to what five goalies last year. At one point, they played five different goalies. Like yep. this is the reality of the situation that you have to kind of look at that and say, you know, maybe we should be a little bit more prepared for this to start the year. Um, Adam Werner, you would prefer, I would imagine he's not going to be the bubble goalie. He's going to be the guy they want playing in the AHL. So you're looking at Hunter Miska, who I don't think he got into a game last year. I know he got called up, but I don't think he played. So you're looking at a third goaltender who's never played a game. So um, I feel like they had the chance to go out there and just find a third goaltender, you know, maybe feel a little bit more comfortable, especially, you know, you look at some guys, just bring a guy in on a PTO. Um, see if that's somebody that you want there. But yeah, I think it could matter, especially if now we're starting the season. If Gruby's not there, who the heck knows? You know, it might matter immediately because yeah. then you're just condensed season and you're running Frankie. Yeah, it's with 
that's the key, I think, with the condensed season especially. You're talking about their abs have stretches where they think they have six games or seven games in nine days at one point. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seven games in nine days at one point. And you can't run one goalie for that. No. So, And I guess the benefit of the abs is that you look at their division, it's maybe not that good. So you might be able to get away with playing a third goalie like Miska against Anaheim or yeah. LA. You never know. Save your but, top two for Vegas and St. Louis for sure. Yeah. But I mean, you you just think that maybe they should be a little bit more prepared as a, a cup contending team. Yeah. I do not disagree, at least for the third goaltender spot, the whole thing with a taxi squad. I mean, we see we saw it play out with the Denver Broncos, the quarterback position where people get hit by contact tracing and all of a sudden you're playing some guy you've never heard of and you just have to deal with it. So having that extra insurance can't hurt. Yeah. I mean, we might already be seeing it with the abs. Who yeah, the heck true, knows? True. That could be why Grubauer's out. We have no idea. So we can take our second period break here. Let you guys know about Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia, not only diehard Broncos fans, but CSU alums and longtime supporters of us here at DNVR as members. So they're part of the family. Go give them some love at dnvrmortgage.com, where not only can you get a free consultation, but you can get entered to win some free DNVR merch, a shirt or a hat of your choice if you win. So head on over there to DNVR Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for 15 years, so they know exactly what they're doing. You're probably hearing how great mortgage rates are right now, but Mike and Virginia are not just your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, but what really makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. Also, that small family-owned business just like us, as I already mentioned. So jump on it with Chevalier Mortgage. If you're looking into anything financial, they can help you out with a free consultation and set you up for your home loan, your mortgage, your you name it. They got you covered. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. And of course, we are also sponsored by Green Mountain Dental Group. Down in Lakewood, just 15 minutes from downtown. Super easy to get to. They've been there since I was a kid taking care of your teeth. And when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush just for showing up and taking care of those teeth of yours. Super easy. We've had a number of us here at DNVR go over there and have amazing experiences when it comes to things like getting your wisdom teeth removed or just simple cleanings. Either way, they take great care of you. They make sure to send you postcards to keep you updated on when your appointment is and when to schedule your next one. So they have you covered top to bottom at Green Mountain Dental Group. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I've avoided the topic until now, but let's talk special teams, Evan, because particularly after the penalty kill in the playoffs, it just it's what crushed the Avs in the playoffs against Dallas. And the Avs haven't really done anything to change it to this point. They maintained all of their staff as far as players on the unit. I guess Matt Nieto is gone, but you're still expecting to see Belmar, Comfer, uh, Calvert, 
the depth forwards fill those roles. So it seems like an area that certainly needs improvement, but how do they do it? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess in terms of players, there's not going to be much change. Uh, they were grooming Jost to kind of take over a little bit on the PK. So he's kind of, I would imagine he's going to be the guy that steps in as that fourth PK guy. And you know, Nachushkin can do it as well. So um, I'm not expecting player wise there to be much difference. So it really comes down to the, the system. And uh, that's where we were kind of thinking maybe they would make a change and they didn't. So it's going to be up to Nolan Pratt to maybe adjust, maybe, you know, look at the tape of last year and see that it, you know, this didn't work. Need to make some changes. Um, you know, I don't think the Avs were super aggressive on the PK. They were very much just sit back, let this happen. So, you know, maybe there's an adjustment there. And obviously, you know, when Michael Hutchinson's in net, sure, that's a big difference than, you know, a healthy Grubauer or even Frankie. So um, you need your goaltender to help out there. But, yeah, systems-wise, you just hope that they make adjustments. And, you know, because, you know, Bender said they didn't do any special teams work yesterday because not everyone was there. But it sounds like that's going to be a big focus uh, in the next couple of days. So, um, unfortunately, none of us are there to even see what's going on. But you know, hopefully, they've made some changes because that's where I see the where they're going to have to improve. So, what about the power play side? Then this is something I've talked with AJ uh, quite a bit about. Where do you? get these players motivated to to move their feet on the power play uh there's look every time we saw the abs in practice last year they were pushing a sense of urgency they want the players to move their feet on the power play but sometimes the abs personnel just seem to get their feet stuck in cement so how do they take that next step and get consistency on the power play of, of the movement they want to see? Because it seems like the coaches want them to move. It just doesn't happen sometimes. Yeah. And I don't know if it's maybe they just trust their skill to just make, take over and make the plays and, you know, make the cross ice passes that you can, you know, that they can make, but they're just, it's not always going to be there. And if you're just standing stationary, it just makes it, too easy to defend if you're a defend and on the PK. So, um, yeah, it's you hope that these are all smart players um, that they can, you know, see what was going on last year and take advantage of it. Miko said today that you know their power play was pretty good uh, in the bubble at the start, and then it kind yeah. of faded yeah. as it went on. So I think they are aware that it wasn't perfect. So hopefully they are making changes there and. Um, a big one is going to be obviously just getting those guys to shoot, uh, not not being afraid of just shooting the puck. And uh, we've talked about it before. Miko's the guy you want shooting a little bit more than it really does. Yep, for sure. Um, for the second unit, I think there are still a lot of questions to be answered here. One, how much does Brandon Saad help that unit if that's the unit that he's on? And two, with the Avs defense do you consider running two defensemen there yeah i haven't looked at sod's power play numbers to be honest so i couldn't tell you exactly what he's doing there um but yeah i mean we've said it before taves ran the power play in new york as well gerard has done it here is this is this maybe something where you say let's run two defensemen and see what this works um because it's not something they've done the last couple of years it's always been mccarr or Barry on the first unit and then Gerard on the second unit. So do you run two defensemen on the second unit and give that a shot? 
Um, I would assume Comfer seems to always be a mainstay there. He's going to be there. Uh, Donskoy, uh, and then it'll be a matter of, you know, I would imagine Nachushkin might be just there to stand in front of the net for all we know. But yeah, ultimately it always, it's always going to come down to the top unit because the, they're going to take out the majority of the time. And the second unit, you're just hoping to get some goals from throughout the year. But uh, Saad hopefully can help because, you know, I would think he'd be an improvement on Nachushkin on the power play. One of those guys who scored 20 goals for most of his career. So, yeah. I mean, he's probably an improvement even on like Donskoy and those guys too. So you'd think yeah. there's an upgrade immediately. Um, and then Burakovsky is, I would admit, that's the guy you probably want shooting the puck as much as possible on the power play. He, yeah. he, I feel like he passed up way too many chances in that spot um, where you just know that that's, that's, that's his bread and butter, shooting the puck. He's got a, he's got a little bit of that Alex Tangay factor Berkey does with the, he only really likes to take, high high quality shots it, I, and i feel like any shot with him with yeah shot the way could be high quality exactly yeah it's it's a little frustrating at times for sure but yeah when when you put up your goals video on him it's just like good lord this is <laughs> all these goals are ridiculous <laughs> um all right colin asks here on the pk side does taze pk who fills zadorov's minutes um it's look Things we know for sure. Cole's going to PK. EJ's going to PK. Those are complete locks, and you'd expect Graves is pretty much a lock as well, given how much he yeah. PK'd he, last year. He's a lock. I would say he's a lock. So if those three are in the lineup, you're only filling one spot, uh, and your choices are probably Taze, maybe Gerard. Yeah, I don't feel like Makar... I think they're going to save his energy for the even strength and power play. Yeah. Um, I could see it being Gerard. I, the reality is Z was, he was the fourth defenseman on the PK last year. He didn't play a ton. I think he, if I had to look back, it was probably like he averaged around a minute, minute and a half a game. And that was um, filling in for Zadorov penalties mostly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, this is not a huge ask. So I feel like, Taves or Gerard could do this just as, if not better than what Z did last year. It's just a matter of getting them to go out there for one, maybe two shifts a game. That's all you need from them. And those guys are clearly capable of doing that. It's just a matter of the staff trusting them. Because what they tend to do is just ride three guys until they're dead on the PK. <laughs> and then they get tired and make mistakes. So um, you can get some valuable time out of those guys and just let them in there for a minute or two. Yeah, and then Lonely Whaler here bringing up what makes the PK unit more interesting is when Bowen Byram rotates in. Uh, if you're losing, presumably, if Byram is in on the healthy lineup, probably either Cole or Graves are sitting. Maybe EJ, but any of those three, you're taking someone off of your PK at that point. Yeah, and you're seeing him, what is he, averaging 26 minutes a night for yeah, Canada? So plays a billion minutes for in the WJCs. <laughs> he can do it, and the way Bednar talked, it just didn't sound like they have any plans for him to be anywhere other than on the NHL squad. So it's just going to be a matter of getting him in there and letting him you know, see what see what he's really capable of doing, and then they'll kind of adjust from there. But yeah, he's, he's going to get a shot, and that's kind of the wrench that he can throw into his defenses, you know, if he gets in there, he's going to take, uh, we would assume, one of the penalty kill guys' spots. So then they're, the Avs are going to have to adjust from there. 
Do you play him on the PK if he gets the opportunity? I have a hard time seeing them trusting him on the PK immediately. I think they would defer to Gerard at that point. You probably would have seen Byron more than a heck of a lot more than me. So what what are your thoughts? I mean, I'd play him on the PK just fine. I yeah. I think he'd get by his his ability with the puck and and skating is very very good even on the defensive side. I, it it would take a bit of a you have to make sure he has the right mindset on the penalty kill for sure. You don't want him flying forward at every waking moment of his life like he loves to do. But he definitely has the defensive ability to penalty kill. It's it's the never-ending question of would a coach ever trust a rookie to do that, though? Yeah, and, and I, I just have this feeling that we talk about this with, and I think I mentioned this a bit, I think he's more willing to give these young guys a shot than really we think. Um, when McCarr joined the roster, it was there was no holding back. Like They just threw him in there. And when they traded for Gerrard, he was on the top pairing immediately playing 25 minutes a night. So I just have the feeling that when Byram gets in there, if he looks good, then they're not going to be afraid to just yeah. let him go. Like if he's good, they're going to let him go. Is is there a concern there? I mean, are the Avs a couple of injuries away from being too underexperienced, too, too youthful? If you get a couple injuries on both forward and defense, you could be running Martin Kaut in your lineup, Byram, Timmins, possibly Shane Bowers or Logan O'Connor. Uh, there are not that many injuries away from being extremely young. Yeah, I mean they're already the youngest team and one of the youngest teams in the league, so it's it's going to just make them a little bit younger. But the reality is, like that's the only way these guys are going to get better and show that they can stick in the NHL is to you got to play them. Like otherwise, you just don't know. It's just a guessing game. So you have to give them a shot and see what they're capable of. And um, do you we think would, the Evs would, or would they lean on the Mika Salamakis of the world? I think it's just going to depend on who. I would say who goes out. Okay. So if you lose a guy like, if you lose a Calvert, I could see them just saying, "Hey, let's just go with a veteran like a Salamaki and just throw him in there." But you know, a Donskoy or somebody like that goes out, then. I would think they're probably going to look at a count to play a little bit more bigger role where they maybe are expecting a little bit more offense from them. So yes, it's probably just going to depend on um, who they, who gets hurt, but on defense, you know, we're seeing it with EJ out. They just put Timmons there. I would, I think if Timmons is going to be the first guy until Byram actually shows up. So um, it, I, I don't think they're going to be that afraid of uh, throwing in the youth. It's just going to be a matter of who goes out. Same question I asked AJ. What do you do with Bowen Byram at the start of this season? Tonight is the final game of the WJCs. Presumably he flies home after the game or tomorrow. And by home, I mean to Colorado. And then he has to do a seven-day quarantine. So the earliest he could possibly be ready is one day before opening night. Do you Mm -hmm. just YOLO and play him opening night? Or do you give him a couple practices and work him in sometime at the end of the week or the second week, something like that? Yeah, I don't think they throw him in opening night. Um, we probably, well, you know, I say that now, but who knows? You know, it's going to depend on the health but of everyone. But I, I think, assuming that it kind of stays the same now, I think Timmons would get that opening night shot over him. And they would just want to get him into a couple practices to get him, you know, into the system and things like that. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think if he shows up a day or two before opening night that 
he would not get in immediately. That it would take a couple games. Yeah, I, I would be very shocked if Bednar and company were willing to just throw him in cold. But they've done they've yeah. done it before with McCarr. So who I knows? Know. But that's just you know my initial thought. I guess the way I look at it also is you know it's the first game of the year. You know. 55 games to make up after this. Yeah. May as well see what he's got. This might might be as good a chance as any in first True. game of the year. True. Um, yeah, so we can kind of start winding things down here. I look, I know this show was pretty darn nitpicky on the nav on the Avs, but that's a good thing, right? That they really don't have that many holes in their roster, in their lineup. So there's some well-earned confidence going into this season for this hockey team. Evan, any final thoughts here on, on the Avs lineup, anything they can do to, to shore it up or are you saying just let it rip at this point? Yeah. I mean, just let it rip. Hope everyone's healthy. I mean, my, my initial thought is not that these unfit to play guys have COVID, but that they've just come and potentially had contact with somebody who had it. And then they just have to follow the protocol so that these are not injuries. I don't think Bednar would necessarily lie to us when he says everyone's healthy, as far as I know, uh, one day before camp starts. So I think something had to have come up where they got notified that they came into contact with somebody. So that's really all I can think of is, and that hopefully these guys do whatever they have to do. I would assume it's seven days and that by opening night, they're good to go and that the apps are ready to get this season started. Right. All right. So, there you go. Hopefully the Avs are 100% healthy for opening nights and they're going to push for a Stanley Cup this year. I I think that's the reality. Even with any shortcomings their lineup may have, they are still one of the best teams in the league. So once again, we'll be covering it every step of the way here at DNVR, either on this YouTube channel, which if you like and subscribe, that helps us out a ton. If you really like us, head on over to thednvr.com. Consider subscribing to the website to check out all of our awesome content. Evan did a piece on Ryan Graves just a couple days ago. Highly recommend you check that one out. And we have another preview video coming tonight in about, well, if you're watching live, four hours, but 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Check that out as well live. I'll be in the chat talking up with everybody about everything Av. So hope to see you there. Until next time, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow.